reading this morning is uh, taken from Jonah chapters 3 and 4, which, as you can see on the screens, can be found in page 928 in the Pew Bibles if you'd like to follow it. Jonah goes to Nineveh. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. On the first day, Jonah started into the city. He proclaimed, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows, God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger, so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Have you any right to be angry? Jonah went out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a vine and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the vine. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the vine so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you have a right to be angry about the vine? I do, he said, I'm angry enough to die. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? This is the word of the Lord. 
Well, it's lovely to be with you. Um, I'm one of those people who's chronologically challenged. Uh, that's not an excuse for being late. I have just come from St. Meyer, uh, where I've, I've been preaching to them. Um, but I, I do struggle with this issue of time very often. I know what time of day it is, uh, and I usually know what day of the week it is. But beyond that, I'm quite dependent on calendars. Without really thinking hard, I'm never sure where we are in the year. You know, um, I, whether we've just had Christmas or just about to have Easter or maybe we're in the middle of Pentecost, uh, if we're in summer or autumn, although the weather at the moment is, probably makes it hard for all of us uh, to tell that. But I, I do struggle with this sort of idea of time and, and where we are. And I was thinking about that as I thought about this passage on Jonah and as I thought about some of the headings we're going to look at this passage uh, by. Hopefully you've got in front of you Jonah 3 and 4, that's where we're going. And the headings this morning are all about time, so you can remember. We're going to be thinking about seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, and years. So how about that to uh, go through that as we look at this. So under those headings, this is what we're going to do as we unpack this interesting part of Jonah's life uh, together. And in our journey through time, we begin, of course, with the second. Uh, And looking back over our lives there's a tendency for us isn't there to remember the mistakes that we've made I don't know about you but I'm I'm like that I look back on my life and I remember think about the mistakes the things times we've messed up and that's quite common I remember uh, one of our bishops I won't tell you their name uh, telling me they were once leading an important communion service in front of a lot of people and it got to the communion part and they boldly proclaimed the words after supper Jesus took the cup broke it gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, and then remembered what they'd just said. Easy, isn't it? Mistakes, they come so easy, and the sort of things you remember. Uh, This morning, Jonah 3 and 4. Jonah's one of those people that I can really relate to. Uh, Jonah and I have got a lot in common. We're a bit grumpy at times. We don't always get things right, full of mistakes. And when we look back over our lives, it's probably true to say that both of us have ended up spending a lot more time than we intended in Wales. Uh, Jonah, he's, he's a great example. He's a flawed hero in the Bible. He gets things wrong. He messes up time and time again. But seconds, God gives Jonah a second chance. That's where we come in. In our passage, isn't it? You remember what's happened already in the story of Jonah. Jonah give, God gives Jonah an important job to do. Go to Nineveh and preach. Jonah chooses to disobey, runs away in the opposite direction, and ends up getting rescued by that big fish. You'd think then that God would think, well, Jonah's had his chance. I need someone to do this job for me. Someone needs to go and preach to Nineveh. Who else is there? But no. That's where our passage begins. God gives Jonah a second chance. Verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh, proclaim it to it, the message I give to you. The same message from God he had before when he chose to run away, but God gives him a second chance. Our God is a God of second chances. It's lovely, isn't it, to get a second chance at something And to know that God doesn't give up on us when we mess up. 
I wonder if you've ever had a second chance at something. Um, I'm fortunate in my life I've got most of the jobs that I've applied for and ended up where I wanted to be, but once I didn't. I was doing teacher training here in Arrowsmith and I needed a Saturday job to pay the mortgage. You've got to do something, haven't you? Um, and I noticed that Aberystwyth Public Library had just the job going. Uh, they employed two Saturday assistants. One position had become vacant. So I thought, right, this is it. This will keep me going. I'll apply for that. I've got experience in working in libraries. Done it lots of times before across the Midlands. I got a degree in librarianship. Surely they couldn't turn me down for a Saturday assistant in the public library. Uh, sure enough, I got the interview, went along, and then had a phone call saying, I'm sorry, we've given it to the other candidate. Oh, shouldn't have been too hard to get this job, but I'd failed. A few hours later, I had another telephone call saying, this is the library again. We've just heard from our other Saturday assistant who's decided to resign their position. So rather than re-advertising that position, we wondered if you'd like to be our second Saturday assistant. I got the job and I've had a thoroughly good time to do it. A second chance. I, I didn't tell that story in St. Meyer, where I've just been, because sitting in the front row was the man who turned me down <laughs> for that job the first time. But it's nice that I can share that with you here in St. Michael's. A second chance at this sermon. God is a God of second chances. Isn't that amazing? So look at Jonah. God says, messed up the first time, doesn't matter. You're the person I want to go and do this. God is a God of the second chances. There is no sin too big for him. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, God can't use me. God won't accept me. But this story of Jonah reminds us otherwise. God's grace is bigger than our sins. His love is bigger than the times we mess up. As Paul wrote to the Corinthians, Uh, He had a message from God reminding him, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And as we think as a church in this season of mission, as we look at going out, nowhere is this truer than in mission. If you failed, or think you failed, when you try to share your faith with those around you, when you've tried to do something and it seems to have gone wrong, don't give up. Pray for that second chance. God can use us even if we've messed up in the past. Seconds. God of the second chance. Seconds to minutes we get to. And I'm a member of lots of diocesan committees. uh, Not very exciting. And I've served as minutes secretary for quite a few of them. And I love the quotation from our own Hannah Green. uh, Who said, I don't know why they call them minutes. They take hours. And I've been in that situation, having to write up minutes of meetings. I don't know whose job it was to write down the minutes of these meetings between Jonah and God here. And the conversations they had and recorded them for us to learn from. But I'm so grateful that we have this example of Jonah in our Bible. And as a church, we believe in the Bible taking it to be the inspired word of God for us. We agree with Paul when he wrote to Timothy these words, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. This record of Jonah, we see, don't we, the mission, the message of Jonah, the call of God and of his life, the record of the response of the people of Nineveh. 
all recorded for us here, all for us to learn from. And we need to be people of the word, reading, studying, meditating on the Bible on our own, together in a life group, however we do it, important to grow in our faith. When you get minutes of the meetings and you're looking through what happened in the last meeting, one of the things I have to check for is those action points. Scan through for things I'm meant to be doing between now and the next meeting. There was one for Jonah here. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh. Proclaim to it the message I give you. And Jonah obeyed. He had this action point again in the minutes of the, the meeting and he went He might not have gone with the right motives or gone willingly, but he went. And it challenges us, how obedient are we to the word of God today? Seconds, minutes, hours brings us to the things that this story teaches us about this God of ours. We see here how loving and gracious this God of ours really is. Even Jonah has to admit that in chapter 4, verse Two, the Ninevites, well, they weren't on the friendliest terms with the Israelites. Jonah would probably be quite willing to go and declare God's wrath on them, that God was planning to destroy the city. But he was a little bit worried that they actually might listen and repent. Verse 2, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That that is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger abounding in love a God who relents from sending calamity even Jonah in all of his grumpiness could see this could declare these attributes of this God of ours and this morning we can be assured that God loves us that his grace is sufficient Jonah you are a gracious and compassionate God slow to anger and abounding in love. It's what we remind ourselves. I know lots of times from the frontier I quote John three sixteen and 17 and uh, it's worth going back to again and again because maybe there's someone here today hearing this for the first time. God so loved the world he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Our God is slow to anger, abounding in love, gracious, compassionate, wanting to save. And from the lips of Jonah, we're reminded of the love and compassion of this God of ours. Seconds, minutes, hours, days. And we find here Jonah in a real daze. He's, he's got really mixed up in his feelings. He hasn't responded to things very well. He preached a message calling the people to repent and the people responded. They turned back to God and he should be happy but he's he's confused in their days. Not really sure how he feels. What's happened here? His enemies have avoided judgment and punishment and this seems to make him grumpy. He thinks about himself too. He's a prophet. He goes out and prophesies, prophesies that God will destroy Nineveh. But of course the people repent and it doesn't happen. He's thinking now, well, what will God think of me? What will people think of me? They they will treat me as a false prophet because I've said something and it hasn't come to pass. How will people record my life? What will they think about me? Will I be checked out as a false prophet? And we see here 
There's a gentle way that God deals with Jonah in his confusion. He teaches him by a live parable of a plant how he should respond. Because God could have got cross with him at this point, but no. We see again God being gracious and compassionate and gentle with Jonah. Maybe you're in a, in a Jonah place at the moment. Maybe your, your life is full of confusing things. You're in a daze. You're confused about emotional responses. Things are happening at the moment that you're not sure about. We remind ourselves that God is loving and compassionate and he cares about us. He will lead and guide and direct us if we submit to his will. If you're here this morning and stuff's going on in your life and you're thinking, yep, I need that leading from God, at the end of the service in our side chapel, our ministry team will be there to pray with you and for you and help you find God's guidance for your life. Don't leave here in a real days like Jonah was. Seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks. God's strength is shown when we are weak. Jonah is at the end of his tether here. He's confused. He's depressed. He's feeling very far from being a successful prophet, feeling that his mission really has failed. And he gets to the stage, he's suicidal twice in chapter 4. He declares that he wants to die. That's pretty serious stuff when you get to that low point in your life. And God's gentleness in teaching Jonah here is really evident. As we've heard already, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. When we can't go on, God rescues us. Sometimes we come to the end of our tether. We've done everything we can and we're in that situation when we just need to be rescued like Jonah was here. My wife and I have recently had a a lovely holiday to Scotland and it was a great time to explore Dumfries and Galloway but we nearly didn't get there. Uh, We'd been driving up there in our electric car and we'd stopped at the service station to refuel. Nice and easy. You plug your car in, press the button, have a cup of tea. We'd come back out and the car said that it was all fully charged and ready to go. No problem. So you press stop on the charger. Nothing happens. Press stop on the charger again. Start hitting the charger, pressing bits so you can. Nothing happens. It was plugged in. Try pull it out of the car. No, we're stuck there we're going to be stranded here in this service station forever but then i spot that on the charger there's a phone number to call wonderful i think i can call that and somebody who knows can rescue us from this situation so i call the number and the little man the other end says yep fine no problem i can press the button here i can stop the charge so he does things and the screen changes magically in front of me it says charge stopped please unplug your car great i said thanking the man go to unplug the car ah it's still stuck to the car. The car still thinks it's charging and the charger's still connected to the car. What am I going to do? I'll ask the expert on the phone, what do I do? So he said, have you got a screwdriver in your car anywhere? <laughs> I thought, right, this is going to be fun, isn't it? So we had a look, no screwdriver, but we found some scissors. And thank you to, thank you to the man and his advice on what to do uh, with a pair of scissors. I'll tell you later if you want to know how to rescue your car. We were able to free the car from the charger and carry on on our journey. It was great to be rescued, to be free again. Because we get stuck sometimes, don't we? Stranded in our life. And we can't seem to move on. Jonah 
was in one of those places, a dark place, wanted his life to come to an end. But God rescued him. If you're here this morning thinking, I need to be set free. I'm stuck. I can't go on. We know a God who can help you. Our God is loving and compassionate and always ready to be that rescuer. Seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks. Finally, we get to a year which challenges, challenges us. Do we really yearn to be used by God in his mission? Where is your heart this morning? Are we, do we have that real yearning to serve God with everything that is within us? Or are we a bit half-hearted? Are we reluctant like Jonah, whose heart was in the wrong place, who was happy to preach condemnation on the people of Nineveh, but didn't like it when they all turned to God and repented? He was putting himself first. And I confess that I often do the same. And this passage challenges us. Where are we in this? Do we really worry? Do we care for those around us who know nothing of God's love? Does it worry us that our friends and family, some of them are destined for lost eternity without God? Does that get to us? Do we care? Jonah here, the Lord took him to task that he seemed to care more about his gardening than a whole city of people. And we look at his example and think, Jonah, look, you're, you're a loony. Why are you worrying about this little plant when there's a whole city down there that's perishing without someone telling them what to do? But how much are we like Jonah in this? How much do we really care about the world around us? How keen are we to share the gospel with those around? Are we people who weep more maybe over a broken vase than a friend who doesn't love Jesus? And I confess that I'm guilty of this. This is why I see a lot of myself in in Jonah here. I probably, it's true to say, I've cried more over the death of one of my pet rabbits and I've shared tears for the town of Aberystwyth. That's a bit of Jonah in us, isn't it? I'm aware that God needs to change my heart, to give me that heart for the people around. Jonah here didn't seem to care for those people of Nineveh. He was more worried about his own little life. When I look back in my life, I probably worried more about a scratched car or the fact my dishwasher's not working than I have about my service to God. And how keen I am to make a difference in this world for him and to grow his kingdom here. How committed are we to serving God? How ready are we to put God first in our lives rather than our own needs and our own little world that we live in? Do we really yearn? Do we ache? Are we passionate about putting him first? So I know that I fail and I want God to change me to continue to work in me in his gentle way, as he did with Jonah through his spirit. As he taught Jonah, I want him to teach me to have a heart for those around me. And I hope that you'll join me in that. So all all of our years, all of our days, weeks, hours, minutes, and every second 
of our days may be spent in service to our King. So as we sit, let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the example of Jonah. Thank you so much that you gave that second chance to him. Thank you that you are a God of the second chances. Thank you that you don't give up on us ever, even though we fail you time and time again. We're sorry that we don't always put you first in our lives. We pray that you'll help us to yield our will to you and put you first. Help us not to be selfish, but really give us a concern. Give us a heart for those around us that know nothing of your love. And in all of our life, every hour, minute and second, may we bring glory to your name. Amen.